this is the time of year where you see everybody's pictures on Instagram of their children crying on Santa's lap. It's a beautiful time of year. Um, and it's great to be here, too, because we were talking about how today that God is not Santa Claus. God is not Santa Claus. And we're going to be talking about prayer in particular. And that's why I've entitled this message, Wish List. And you are here for a great service. We have three baptisms that are going to be coming up. We are going to hear their stories and then watch those as those um, three people have decided to publicly declare that they follow Jesus. So you're here for a great service today. Um, congratulations. Um, uh, before we jump into that message, I do want to... Uh, Make a couple cool plugs. You know, you heard the video with Bruce Stiller talking about a Ford Faster initiative. And one really cool thing about that was that through your giving of your time, your talents, and your treasures, we were able to put together a new logo, new branding, and a new website. Uh, we had a great team that volunteered that did a lot of hard work on that. And we thought that was really important because really the website is the way people find out about a church. That's what they do today. You know, Maybe they drive by or they hear about it, but then they check the website. So we wanted to make sure that that accurately represented us and was really good, and it is. It's a very good website. But what's really cool is that we had a family that came on Wednesday night to Turbulence, to our youth group. And they asked, or, or Bill Carson, our student ministry director, asked them, well, how did you find out about our church? Well, someone had mentioned this church, and we looked on the website. So we decided to come. We decided to come. And what's really cool is that that teenager came to turbulence that night and accepted Christ. So, yeah, praise God for that. And, and when we want kids, we want teenagers, we want adults to follow Jesus. We want to help them do that. So that's what we're all about here. So thank you for that. And we'd ask you that you continue to contribute. We're real close. We need about $12,000 to finish that campaign. So we encourage you to give a year-end gift to the church for that Forward Faster campaign. Um, also, another cool thing, we did Operation Christmas Child that Peter and Diane Metra organized the whole thing, put that together. We had over 133 boxes that were donated to that to give gifts to children around the world who probably don't get a gift the rest of the year. So it's a really cool thing. And then we had 16, a team of us went down on Monday and we had a lot of fun sorting through boxes and putting them all together and taping them up so that they're ready to ship. That was a blast. So thank you for all those volunteers who gave or, or helped sort those boxes. Wasn't that fun? Those of you who were there on Monday. It was pretty fun. They, they said while we were there, I, I mean, I feel like we went through uh, several million boxes that day, but they said uh, total in our country this year, they're uh, sending, I think it was either 9.4 or 9.6 million boxes. So it's really cool that we get to be a part of something so big, something so big. So thank you for that. Okay. Are you ready for God? It's not Santa Claus part two. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. If you missed last week's message, you can find that online. It was about faith, how believing in God is completely different than believing in Santa Claus because our faith is based on a man, not a myth. Someone who really lived, really died, and really rose from the dead. And that's what we talked about, how that belief is totally different. And today we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer, because a lot of people have this childish view of God that he's basically like Santa Claus. And you have this wish list. and He should give you what you want, right? So, did you guys have things as a kid where you asked Santa Claus for a gift? You know, were you like a Christmas story asking for that Red Ryder BB gun? Or, or maybe your family didn't practice Santa, but you asked your parents or your grandparents for a gift. Does anybody have anything that they remember like that? I remember when I was a kid, the present I wanted more than anything else every year of my life was a drum set. Oh, I wanted a drum set so bad. And I remember the year that I came down and saw underneath the Christmas tree was this big, blue, shiny drum set. And I loved that thing, and I played it so much, and I literally beat the thing to death because I loved that gift so much. So some of you had a story like that, or some of you didn't get what you wanted, because sometimes that happens too. 
And what happens is we have this childish view of Santa Claus. Okay, you write the list, you get what you want. And people take that and they think God is the same way. Really, truly. They think, well, I have this list of wants. I'm going to ask him for it and I should get what I want. Or people kind of treat God like a genie. Genie, don't I get my wishes granted? You know, I just want a few things, God. Three of them. Just give me those wishes. And, uh, you know, we expect God to be this big blue genie that talks like Robin Williams. Okay, but God is not Santa Claus, God is not a genie, and God is not a personal assistant either. Some people think that. Well, God, this is what I want, this is what I need, I, I need to get to work on time, so can you make sure there's no traffic this morning, make sure you know, that I don't have a flat tire, can you make sure everything goes well today and that I get my raise and everything I want? You expect God to be basically your personal assistant, taking care of all your needs. So these are the views that people often have, and it's a childish view. And in this series, what we're aiming to do is to help you move beyond, grow out of a childish view of God. And I think this is so important because when people do have this childish view of God, this, this very infantile theology, is that they can tend to reject God when he doesn't give them what they want. When he doesn't. This was the, the basic story in the beginning of Huckleberry Finn, if you remember that by Mark Twain, that Huck was taught by the widow that if you want something, just ask, can you get it? And then he tried it. He said, okay, I'll try it. And then he got a fishing line, but no hooks. What a worthless thing. So he decided to abandon Christianity, abandon Christianity forever. That's what happens. That's maybe like a, a funny view of it, but I have talked with people, one man in particular I mentioned a few weeks ago, who was drafted for Vietnam and he prayed, God, would you end the war or make it so I don't have to go? Well, that didn't happen. He had to go. So he rejected and abandoned God. Or, or another man I remember who had even served as a youth pastor. And he told me that he left the faith. He stopped believing and going to church when his mom was sick. And he asked God to heal his mom. She didn't get healed. She died. So he left the faith. You know, it's difficult when God doesn't answer our prayers, when he doesn't give us the things we're wishing for and hoping for and asking for. But we need to move beyond a childish view of God because we need to understand that God is not our personal assistant. He is not a genie and he is not Santa Claus. And once we mature in that theology, we're actually going to realize it's better that way. So that's what our message is about today. Regina Spector had a song um, came out a few years ago called Laughing With and there's, a, there's this great line that I think encapsulates this. She said that God can be funny. When told he'll give you money if you just pray the right way. And when presented like a genie who does magic like Houdini or grants wishes like Jiminy Cricket and Santa Claus. It's funny, she said, to view God that way. It's actually a very provocative song. It's interesting. But, but those lyrics just encapsulate this idea. It's, it's sad when people have this view of theology that they take into adulthood. Or they reject a God that was not the God of the Bible ever. God never said he was Santa Claus or a genie or a personal assistant. But why do we think that way? So we're going to move beyond that today as we look at Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and jump there. Use your smartphone. We're also going to have it up here on the screen so you can follow along. Matthew 7. And what I want you to see from this passage, what I want you to see is our big idea, is to ask Dad. Because he gives the best gifts. Okay, this is, this is really what I want you to pull from this passage. Ask Dad. The problem is not that God doesn't want to answer our prayers and we shouldn't ask him. No, no, we should ask him. But the problem is who we're viewing him as. We shouldn't view him as Santa Claus. We should view him as our father in heaven, our dad who loves us. And he knows what's best for us and he gives us the best gifts. So ask dad. So 
what I want you to see. So let's find this in Matthew 7, verse 7. This is Jesus in his famous Sermon on the Mount. He said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Sounds like we're supposed to ask, right? Okay, that, I mean, that sounds like God is supposed to give us what we want. Isn't that what it said? If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, it's going to give you what you want. But then Jesus explains a little bit more in verse 9. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Nobody laughed. Did you know Jesus told a joke right there? People take the Bible so seriously sometimes, and it's good to take the Bible seriously, but Jesus told jokes. There's jokes in the Bible. He's saying, just imagine this. Your son is saying, I just need some bread. I'm just hungry. I need some sustenance. The dad's like, well, here, take a rock. Chew on that. Or the son is like, I need fish. I need some protein in my life. I need some protein in my diet. And the dad's like, here's a snake. Gotcha. What a terrible dad. Jesus is making a joke here. He's saying, think about that. Even bad dads don't do that. The good father in heaven who loves you exceedingly more than the best fathers here on earth will give you good gifts if you ask him. That's what he's saying. He's saying, ask dad. He gives the best gifts. So this is what I want us to understand about our view of God. Now, some of you had a good father who gave you good things. Some of you didn't have that father in your life. But whatever your case may be, when we come to our father in heaven, he is the best father, better than the good fathers and, and way better than the bad ones or the ones that we didn't have. He's the good father, and that's why we need to ask him. And, and Jesus taught that we can call him Abba. That's what he did. And that word is an Aramaic word that's very, it's an intimate term. You know, in our, in our culture, you say father. And some people play heavenly father. Okay, yeah, we, we want to pray that way. But, but Jesus said you can call him Abba. Paul taught that. When you pray, you can just say dad. In our English language, we rarely refer to our fathers as father, unless it's like this formal relationship that wasn't good. But when we love our father, we say, hey, that's my dad. Hey, did you meet my dad? He played bass last week. He did. You know, I want people to meet my dad because I have a good relationship with him. How much more our Father in Heaven who says you can call me dad? So that intimate relationship we have should be the way we go to God in prayer. That's why I'm encouraging you to ask dad because he gives the best gifts. He loves you. He cares about you. And he's not saying I'm a genie. He's not Santa Claus. He's even better than all of those things. He's a father who loves you. A dad who cares about you. In James 1.17, Jesus' brother wrote, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. There's this God who wants to give you good gifts. He'll give good gifts to people who don't even deserve them. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the theologian, wrote that the right and proper attitude of a human being before God is to entreat God with outstretched hands, knowing that God has the heart of a loving parent. That's the way we're supposed to pray. Like a lo- to a loving parent, a loving dad who cares about you. You know, I'm a father now. Uh, my daughter McKinley is 11 months old. And I have learned that as a father, I want the best for her. I care about her deeply. Yeah, I do, but you know, I've, I've learned that I also have to say no sometimes. Right? I do. I, I have said no to her just like yesterday when she put a clump of dirt in her mouth. I said, no, you cannot eat that. 
when she starts playing with something. No, 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 you can't play with that. That's glass. Okay, you can't go here. You can't do this because I want to protect her, right? You have to protect the person you care about because as a small child, she doesn't understand. And we are God's children and we don't see everything he sees. We don't know everything he knows. So when he says, hey, I, I want to give you a good gift, I'm not going to give you a snake. I'm not going to throw a rock at you when you're hungry. I'm going to give you something even better than you asked for. You know, oftentimes you hear people say that God has three answers to prayer. He either says yes or no or not yet. Not yet. So those are the three things that people say. But I think there are only two answers. And I think this passage teaches that. There are only two answers. God either says, yes, here's what you asked for. Or he says, I have something better. He either says, yes, or I have something better. Because even when he says no, he's saying, I want to protect you. I want to keep you from something you thought you wanted and thought was the best, but it's not. I know. I care about you. I love you. I have something better. Even when he says, wait, he's saying, it's not the right time. So I'm going to make it the best time for you. God only has two answers to our prayers. Yes, or I have something better. You know, the, the father who good give, gives good gifts, I, I can just imagine in a few years when McKinley's going to be asking for Christmas one year and she's going to say, you know, probably not that nice, Dad, I want to see Moana or whatever the movie's going to be then, right? Moana, that's the thing right now. There's some dads, grandparents nodding. Moana, what, where's some other ones? Frozen? I haven't seen any of these. I'm out of the loop. In a few years, I'm going to know all of them word for word, I'm sure. But she's going to, I want to watch it, I want to watch it. And if I say no, maybe, maybe it's because I, I'm going to say no. We're actually going to go to Disneyland this year. And you're going to get to meet those Disney princesses. Like, that's even better. That's what our Father in Heaven says. You may get to know right now, but I have something better for you. Something better because I love you and I care about you. I care about you. You know, Garth Brooks had, had the great song, those of you who are country fans, called Unanswered Prayers. People know that song? Some of you country fans, everybody else is like, ugh, Garth Brooks, country music. <laughs> but it was a really interesting song. I, I encourage you to look at the lyrics because he, he, he basically says, you know, sometimes unanswered prayers are the best. <laughs> are the best. And he tells a story about running into his old flame from high school when he's with his wife and he, <laughs> he realizes, man, God, I'm glad you didn't answer that prayer. I'm glad you didn't stick me with her. We, we've all had prayers in our life. Maybe you just don't remember, but we ask, God, please give me that. Please give me that thing. Give me that person I want. And then we're so glad later on. I'm, God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying no. Because God has a better plan in mind, even when the, the answer is no. You know, sometimes it isn't easy to see the answer. When, when it's the tough thing, the tough word, when, when there's sickness, when there's a, a difficult trial in our life when there's a death and we get that knowing we don't know what's going on C.S. Lewis said this though whether we like it or not God intends to give us what we need not what we now think we want God is the loving dad he says I know this is going to be hard but I can see all things I know all things and I'm not just thinking of the next 70 years of your life here on earth I am thinking of the millions upon billions upon trillions of years that you will reign in heaven if you believe in me. And that's what I'm looking for. It might be a temporary, difficult time right now, but it's going to be totally worth it. Because I have something better for you. Now, that's a more mature theology, isn't it? That we understand that God is not Santa. He's not a genie. He's not someone that we just have this wish list for, a personal assistant to do whatever we ask. He's a loving dad. 
who knows better than we do, who cares about us deeply and has good gifts ready and waiting for us. That's the theology we need. But some people then take that and, and don't ask God in prayer. They kind of think, well, if God knows, why would I even pray? But Jesus started out this section on prayer by saying, ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Do it again and again. Keep going. He said we should ask, Dad. We should ask that. Yes, we should have a better theology. We should understand who God is, that he's not Santa. But we need to keep asking. So that's why today I want to give you seven keys to answer prayer. Seven keys to answer prayer. Because I I think Jesus is right. We're supposed to ask. We're supposed to seek. We're supposed to knock. So let's learn how to do it. Seven keys to answer prayer. And this is pulled from throughout the Bible. I've been looking at tons of scripture and prayer. And I just want to look at these seven keys. The first one, ask. Ask. Pretty simple, right? First one is ask. In James 4.2, James wrote, you, do, you don't have because you don't ask. Honestly, you don't have because you don't ask. Uh, a lot of people, they're not getting their prayers answered because they're not really praying. They might want something, but they're not asking. So this is the first thing I want you to do. And I mean this because I am amazed at how much time I spend around Christians and they're praying and they pray so vaguely. I've done it too. God, just heal this person. Do something, you know, heal's good, but do something good, people will say. Or, you know, God, just have your presence here. They, they'll say that instead of saying, God, heal this person. Heal their heart that's, that's hurting right now. Instead of the specific prayer like, God, I, I need this much money to make it through this month. Ask for those specific things. Literally write them down. Write them down. Be specific with God and ask Him. Because a lot of times we just haven't asked. We just haven't asked Him to do it. You have not because you ask not. You know, uh, Melissa and I um, have this restaurant we love in Moab. My wife grew up in Moab, Utah. So we go out there a few times. And, and we were out there and it's this restaurant that's overlooking the whole valley. We love being up there. And, and we were there one night and Melissa has a favorite dish she orders every time we go there, lemon chicken. And we were there and the waiter said, we're actually taking that off the menu. So we were kind of disappointed, you know. Um, but, you know, I said, Melissa, when the waiter left, we should just ask if we can get the recipe. And Melissa actually knew the owner of this restaurant, the owner and chef who, who created the recipe, because he was one of her teachers in school before he owned that restaurant. So I said, let's just ask him. So he was there, and we asked, we asked him, hey, could we get the recipe? He said, sure. Sure. You know, we were kind of nervous. We <laughs> never asked the chef for a recipe, but he said, sure. And then we, we finished our meal and we were kind of waiting around. We paid the check and we were kind of waiting for him to come back. And, and we had to ask again our waiter, could, could you grab the owner? Could you get him to come out because he was going to sh- show us something or he was going to give us a recipe? And then he comes out to the table and he says, here, let's go outside. I'm like, okay. So we go outside in front of this restaurant because it's quieter there. And he says, get out your phone. So I get out my phone and, and then he has Melissa video us as he explains detail by detail how to go through this recipe. And he's like explaining it to me right there. He's like, okay, this is how you cook it. He does all the motions. This is what you do. And he told us this whole recipe. And now Melissa's cooked it a dozen times. And we love it. We love it. And, and all that we needed to get that recipe was to ask. Why didn't we? <laughs> well, maybe we should ask more often, right? You have not because you ask not. Sometimes we just don't have our prayers answered because we haven't asked. We haven't given a specific question. Here's the second thing. Ask again. Yeah. <laughs> Ask again. God says no sometimes because he's saying it's, I have something better and it's because we need to wait. We need to grow and just keep asking God again and again. 
In Luke 18.1, it says that Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should keep on praying and never give up. And I encourage you to read that story in Luke 18 because Jesus tells the story about this widow that was poor and, and destitute and, and she needed help. She needed justice from the judge. So she goes to this judge who's a terrible judge, corrupt and awful. And this, this widow just keeps going and says, please, 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 over and over and over again. And finally he gets fed up and says, fine, I'll help you out. And Jesus says, if, if that judge who's awful and wicked will do something just, just because he's getting pestered, right? He's getting asked again and again, God who loves you, who's your dad in heaven, who wants the best for you and wants to give you good gifts, if you ask him again and again, he's going to give you those things. So sometimes we just need to ask again. Now, um, I've shared with, this, with a few people, but Melissa and I tried and waited for five years before we had McKinley. It was a long and grueling process because we got no's month after month after month. And it was so hard. And sometimes we got so angry, but we were praying morning, noon, and night, you know, and some more in between, crying out to God, please, we just answer our prayer. We just want a child. And I don't know why he made us wait five years. Somebody asked me that this week. Well, why do you think you had to wait? I don't know. I, maybe I figured out a little bit with some timing stuff, but... I don't know why I had to wait, but I'm so grateful that I kept asking again and again. We had other people ask again and again with us, and God answered that prayer. So please just keep asking. Ask again. Here's the third key. Ask expectantly. Ask expectantly. In Psalm 5.3 we read, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. That's how we're supposed to pray expectantly. Sometimes we pray, don't we? And we don't really think it's ever going to happen. But we're taught to pray expectantly. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, there's a faith component to prayer. We're not just asking and, well, maybe, maybe not. No, we, we've got to expect to get the yes. We're supposed to pray in faith. Knowing that, of course, God is our Father, but let's ask expectantly. Let's have faith. Let's believe it. Let's just not say, oh yeah, maybe. No, let's actually believe that God can heal. Let's actually believe that God can come through and provide the money you need. Let's ask expectantly. Here's the fourth key. Ask with right motives. Ask with right motives. James 4.3 we read, You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives in order that you may spend it on your pleasures. What he's saying is you're asking very selfish, sinful prayers. Like It's all about me. It's all for me. And God wants us to think about him and he wants us to think about other people first. How can I serve others? How can I love others? So a lot of times when we're praying, we just need to say, God, help me see my motives in this. Am I really asking for this thing to help others or to serve or is it just about me? Now, a lot of times we can have selfish motives, but if we confess them to God and say, help me have right motives, he, he can change those things around because he can say, hey, asking for a house is okay, but how are you going to use that house to serve others? How are you going to invite people into your living room? Maybe you're going to host a community group. Maybe you're going to have people stay at your house in that extra room you have. Or, or that raise, are you going to just use it so you can buy some new clothes? Or are you going to use that money for good things? Are you going to give it away? And be generous. We can ask for things and say, hey, I want the right motives here. And we should talk with God about those motives. Here's the fifth key. Ask Jesus to be your Lord. 
In Proverbs 15.29 we read, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. What I'm saying here is that some of you don't have God the Father as your dad. Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior. And therefore, there's not a promise that you have a father who's going to give you the best gifts. It's not. It's only for those who are God's children, who have believed in his name, who have expressed their desire that they want to follow Jesus and believe in him, said that Jesus would be their Lord. Now, God does answer the prayers of people who are not believers. He does. And that's an amazing grace that our good father does for people who aren't even his children. It's amazing that God does that. And there's this great section in 1 Kings when Solomon is building and dedicating the very first temple. And he says, God, would you answer people's prayers when they come to this temple, even if they don't believe in you? And I think he did that to show how great God is, because people do pray, and their prayers are answered, and that can lead people to faith. Lead people to faith. So God does do that. But, but remember what that verse says? For the righteous, God hears their prayers. The wicked, he doesn't. So, we are made righteous by declaring Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He, he forgives us and he makes us righteous. So that's what we need. Some of you, your prayers aren't answered because God is not really your father. You're not really his child. It's the fifth thing. Here's the sixth one. Repent. Repent. Got quiet right there. Isaiah 59.2 says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. If you are living in deliberate sin and continuing to do it and not repenting, God won't answer your prayers. Because he's trying to get you to repent. We had a whole message on repentance a few weeks ago. You can look that up online in our Elijah series. I encourage you to do so. But what I want to challenge you is to repent of your sins. And repenting means two things. Turning away from sin and turning to God. So you're saying, God, yes, I, have, I confess that I'm a sinner, I've done wrong, forgive me. But you're also saying, now, I want to follow you, God. You're changing your ways. Husbands, I have a hard word for you. 1 Peter 3, 7, we're taught that if you're not considerate with your wives, God will hinder your prayers. Not just not listen, he's going to hinder your prayers. So the way we treat others, we need to treat husbands, our wives, with respect and love. That's what we're taught, because... That enables our prayers to be answered. God wants us to live the right way. So sometimes we just need to repent of our sins. And here's the seventh key to answered prayers. Ask according to God's better plan. Ask according to God's better plan. In 1 John 5.14, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So, so this means a couple different things. First, it, it means that we should be asking for things that we know God already wants. We know that God wants to provide for those who are needy. We know that God wants to heal people because he's a healer. We also know that God uh, wants people to be saved. So let's pray for those things. Those can be according to his will. Now, we, we don't know, and we'll talk about that in a second, always how he's going to do things, right? We don't. But we should try to figure out, okay, God, what is your will? As we study his word, we learn more about him, we get to know God more, and that's going to help us to pray and have our prayers answered more because we know his will more. That's the first component. Second component is sometimes we don't know his will. We don't understand. We don't see the things he does. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to pray that his will is done. So Jesus taught us to pray. Thy will be done. 
Thy will be done. Your will, God. Because that can be the hardest thing about prayer, is when we get the no, when we get the wait, and it makes us angry. I've been angry at God. Why? Why, why are you making us wait? Why, are we ever gonna, why, why this no? Why did this person get sick? Why did this person die? We, we get angry. We get sad. We, but God is the dad. He loves us. He cares about us. He says, I, I know this is hard. I know this isn't what you want to hear. But I have a better plan for you. I have a better gift for you. And you're just going to have to wait for it. Tim Keller said, If you say, I believed in God, I trusted God, and he didn't come through, you only trusted God to meet your agenda. You had this view of God as Santa, this view of God as a genie, this personal assistant, but God says, no, I'm a dad. I love you and care about you. I have the best plan, even if you can't see it. Even if you can't see it. You know, and when it is hard, when it is difficult, we need to remember... We need to remember that even Jesus, God's one and only Son, had God the Father say no to. Did you know that? See, Jesus came and he loved people. He served people. He gave his life to help other people. He gave his life to save them. And then they rejected him. And he knew that in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he would be rejected by the people he came to save and serve, that his, one of his closest friends would betray him. He knew that they would arrest him, give him a fake trial, that they would beat him, that they'd whip him, that they'd spit on him, scorn him, and then they would execute him for crimes he had not committed. He knew all that was coming, and he prayed. He asked his father, he said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have to experience all this pain and anguish. The father knew what was best, and he had a better plan. As hard as it was, Jesus went and did all those things. He died on the cross. But he did it to offer everyone forgiveness. Because he was the one person who died and was punished and didn't deserve it. And God offers forgiveness and eternal life to any who believe in him. God had a plan to save the entire world. And it would take something difficult. A prayer being answered with a no. Because he is the dad, as the father knew that there was a better plan. So if God will say no to his own son, he'll say no to us as well. But it's not because he doesn't love us. Because he loves us and has a better plan, a better gift for us. So I challenge you to ask Dad. He gives the best gifts. Gives the best gifts. You know, I was talking with Melissa about this passage this week. And she had a great line, so I decided to quote her. This is from Melissa Wolf. She said, if you feel like you're getting snakes and stones, your story isn't done yet. Because our dad doesn't give those bad gifts. He loves us. He has better gifts for us. So let's ask him. Let's ask dad. So we're going to have a great opportunity now to witness three people getting in the water of baptism. Now, what baptism is, is when people who are declaring publicly that they believe and follow in Jesus Christ. Now, there's nothing magical that happens in the water. It doesn't. But it's a symbol of them being washed of their sins and also as they're going down into water, they're being buried with their sins and being raised to new life. So we're going to hear their stories and we're going to witness them declaring Jesus uh, as their Lord and Savior publicly, which is an incredible thing that you guys get to be a part of. It's a party. So I want you guys to clap and cheer because this is amazing. Um, and, and before we do that, as, as we have those three that are getting baptized, if they could come over here, Bill, if, if you can kind of help them get lined up and ready. 
I want us all, since we've had this message on prayer, that we've been talking about our Father, our Dad in Heaven, I want us to close with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us how to pray. I know some of you maybe grew up in a tradition and you said it a little differently than we're going to say it right now. That's fine. If you want to change the words and say what you're comfortable with, that's good. But I want us all to pray this together and and then we're going to watch these videos and, and these testimonies and it's going to be awesome. So let's say this prayer together, would you? Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. Give us today our daily bread And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.